what does following your intuition really look like? We got Corey Phelps to help us understand here on episode 48 of No Boring Stories. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. That's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and I do most of the cooking in our house, most of the food prep in general. Today on the show, we've got Corey Phelps, and we are going to cook up something real good for you. Corey is a master NLP practitioner, clinical hypnotherapist, and a business and life mindset coach. She's here to help others discover their inner power, create abundance, and realize there is a deeper purpose. She is all about the intuition. And in this episode, you are going to love how she defines integrity, intuition, and following that voice within you to do the right thing. Her story includes, of course, just that going from somebody who felt like she could control her environment to facing a situation and then choosing to live in integrity and intuition from then on. And now she's helping you do the same. You're gonna love our conversation. We've got good back and forth. I've known Corey for a while and we really get into uh, what the never ending story is and means to her. Really, it's just about her dog, I guess. But hey, I don't wanna spoil it for you. Let's get into the conversation here with Corey Phelps. Corey, how are you doing? Oh my goodness. What an introduction. I'm blushing over here. I also feel like, you know, that when you get into a conversation with me, you're like, how much time do I actually have? That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> thankfully we do have a time limit here, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that you could just talk and we could talk and then we'll just keep going. Um, let's, uh, let's start. We're going to, we're going to dive into your story. Um, you know, we we did some work together in one-on-one coaching a while back, and we dove right in. We explored the whole thing, and uh, that was so exciting back then. And how you've taken that now, and we were just talking before him about how even that story specifically, like the the turning point in your story, has shown up again recently for you. So um, there's a little teaser for those yeah. listening. <laughs> but first. Let's just talk about stories in general. And what I love it because I've got this intro form and one of the questions is what's, what are your favorite stories? And you said these three stories and people are going to connect with it. One of these, I know it, <laughs> the red hen, which is that like a children's book? Yeah. It's a fable. I think of a fable or like a children's story. I think it might be one of the, yeah. um, brothers, like Grimm. Aesop's fables or something. Yeah. Or or Aesop's Grimm. Okay. fables. Maybe I don't know. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And Rudy. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing. It's, <laughs> it's an ancient fable of <laughs> what happens when you go to Notre Dame with no skill. Um, and and the never-ending story. Yeah. The never and so I love the never-ending story. I just finished reading the never-ending story to my kids. Um, I remember watching the movie on VHS, you know, rentals back in the day and and. Yeah, I know VHF. You remember it far, <laughs> far better than it is now. I just saw it. It's on some streaming service. I clicked on it. I was like, no, 
this is not what it looked like back then. It was outstanding. No, it was so good. What is it that stands out to you about that? Well, we were just laughing about this. All right, so the dragon looks like my dog. My dog looks like the dragon. We actually, I have a golden doodle named Lila, who truly is like the, like she's like the love of my life. (laughs) If a dog could be the love of your life, my dog is. And she looks like Valcor. But also, it's truly just a magical story. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. I yeah, uh, I I I was I was hooked on it, and I, actually, I was reading it by myself. It's like, I, yeah, I want to read the story that that's behind this. I got two chapters in, and I asked my my kids. I was like, Do you want to? Here, I'm going to read you a little bit of this, and you tell me if you want to hear more. And it was actually like two pages in chapter three. And I was like, do you want to hear more? They're like, yes. So like there's something about it even that was so captivating within that, that, yeah, I think if you were a part of that, anybody that's listening that saw that movie or has dove into the book, it is. There's something magical. There's something about, and what I was reminded of when I just read it is it's about finding yourself in the story. Like that's what it that's what it's about. It's about this kid who like sees himself in this story and then jumps into it and literally becomes the hero of this book that he's reading. And I think that that's what we all want, isn't it? It is. Is, is it going to become required reading for your? Uh... <laughs> it might <laughs> for all of the your first half going is, forward. The first half is dynamic. The second half, I really like. Me and my kids were like, oh, "My goodness, when's this going to end?" But. <laughs> It's uh, the never ending story. <laughs> I know it really felt like it. Um, but with that, and I think Rudy, this is what's interesting. As I say that Rudy's the same thing. You see yourself, this, this underdog becomes the hero. I don't know if the redhead is the same. I don't know what that is, but is that, does that attach to you? Do you, do you see yourself as some kind of an underdog or, or wanting to be the hero in this story? What stands out there? So I love the underdogs. I always root for the underdog in any kind of Ah. sporting event because I, you know, the people who like consistently win over and over again, it gets boring. And to see someone who's kind of like coming up from hardship or failure and watching them rise, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure there's anything better than, than seeing that happen. And it is also just gets goes to show that we all get to win right like it doesn't you can be you can come from nothing you can come from mm-hmm. failure all the things and you can still you can still win you can still become the best in your field the best in your sport mm-hmm. the best at your own life which is really the goal for all of us right is to be the best at our own life yeah well i think that's it right so it's not about for you, and just to, again, bring me into this for you, when you attach yourself to that story or you see those stories, it's captivating because maybe we don't expect it. Like whatever that's doing to the storytelling part of our brain of like, oh, I didn't see that coming. How interesting. But really what you're what you're just saying is like you cheer for the underdogs because they they didn't have a chance and then they won. And we see ourselves in that, don't we? Oh my gosh, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Is that you? All day, every day. I mean, come on, we're talking to the woman who had a child when she was 20 years old, single mom, did it single-handedly. So success was not necessarily written in the typical story that might happen for, for me. 
Okay, there's the teaser. So let's, uh, we'll get into that in just a second. So let's talk about what you do now. And, and you were just telling me beforehand, what you're enjoying doing in your podcast is asking people not what they do, but who they are. And so yeah. uh, we'll get there. But, but let's start with this. So they do get to know what you do. What is it that you do? And what impact do you see it making? Uh, so my, what I do really has been, it's been a shifting, changing thing for quite a long time. But what I do is I really help people tap into their purpose and make their purpose, their superpower, connecting them to their intuition and massive clarity because we all hold the answers within us. So, I mean, very specifically, like through one-on-one -on -one coaching group programs and all that coaching sort of stuff. group programs all okay. all the things <laughs> teaching uh and so when somebody taps into their purpose mm -hmm. their potential mm -hmm. they're intentional about this then what what happens to them they, they do that in a session with you and workshop with you how does that change them when they leave that doors open that were not open before fulfillment um, money typically starts to flow after that because mm -hmm. when we we start to show up in that way we become magnetic humans the sequence of events that happens once you tap into your intuition is like you can't even dream up the things that could happen for you mm -hmm. so okay so you let's just go with this you get on a call you and i are on a call and you you work your magic mm -hmm. and you ask your good questions you take us through a process take me through a process and i start to discover that my intuition like the thought before the thought before the thought mm -hmm. is enough is worth listening to and here's how you listen to it is it am i getting this right like that's absolutely you literally this is the process through coaching together i will connect you yes. to find, or help you rediscover and connect to your intuition your intuition is literally the seat of infinite intelligence it will give you all of the answers of the things that you are supposed to do and by working together you'll be able to hear it and you'll learn to trust it, which is the big piece, right? Because your intuition doesn't always tell you the comfortable things to do, it, but it does tell you the, the things to do that are going to get you the things that you desire. Does this show up all the time? I mean, again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the, the stupid questions because they're not stupid and somebody needs to ask them. Yeah. Like it shows up in... You know, what am I going to make for my family for dinner tonight? Well, you know what? I'm feeling like not actually making dinner, but getting takeout tonight. Like, is that intuition? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's where I go to the, like, okay, well, I'm feeling this. And then the question would just be like, well, why am I feeling that? I What's might say, yes, it is. I mean, <laughs> our logical brain is this accounts for some piece of it. So perhaps you're just feeling tired and you're logically think that, that takeout makes sense because you don't feel like uh -huh. doing Yeah, it. I know. Now we're just talking about <laughs> mundane things. It's not intuition when I'm doing takeout five nights a week. <laughs> but but the thing is, I would say if it's not something that you're doing all the time, you're like, ah, oh, it's this feel this pull. I want to have takeout tonight. And you go to pick up takeout 
and then you meet someone at the takeout counter who happens to be like your next client or the person who creates an opportunity for you. And yet, if you had ignored that intuitive pull to do this thing that you don't normally do, mm-hmm. or that maybe everyone was going to buck against, well, like your whole family's like, I don't really like Chinese food. I don't want to eat the Chinese food. And you're like, but yeah, guys, my intuition happen. is telling me Chinese <laughs> food for dinner tonight. So <laughs> this is where the metaphor breaks down clearly, but, <laughs> but, it, but what I, so what I'm getting at is it, it becomes something so, so regular. Yeah. That you're like, well, actually, like, let's teach you how to listen to your intuition in that. Because when you start saying yes to it in those seemingly, you know, small ways, that that's going to lead to, yeah, but what's the next, what does that open? What, as you said, doors open, what door will that open for you? That if you're willing to walk through, you'll experience something brand new. Absolutely. And that's the, and the thing is your intuition, what happens is it's a sequence of events. So oftentimes you don't, it's not for us to necessarily make sense of now. You can only make sense of it when you're looking backwards, right? That's a famous Steve Jobs quote is like, you can only connect the dots looking back. But Mm. when you learn to connect to your intuition, you start weaving your own personal story. You start weaving and it's grander and more extraordinary than you could ever if you decided to think it up, it that's it wouldn't be this. It would the your intuition has something way grander in store for you than you could. Some of the biggest decisions that we made in life, my my wife and I have been married for sixteen years, and and the the even to go to me asking her to marry me was earlier than we had talked about, and and there's been a few moments I'd say that's one of them, and then when I uh, I chose to leave a couple of good opportunities, jobs that I was in for a long time. And we're like, now nah, it's time to leave. Okay. Before anything else, before we had something on the other, on the other side, there was no net to catch us when we left, but we knew that leaping was right. And we talk about that, her and I, that there's these moments where we've decided it just feels right. And we learned along the way, eventually to just trust that, to know that if there's a big decision, we know when it just feels right one way or the other, right. Or it just feels wrong. Am I right to say that that's what you're talking about here? That's the kind of intuitive feeling and responsiveness. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And don't you think of how many times you've, you hear stories of people who've done great things, amazing Mm -hmm. things. And there's always an element of that in the story of like, everybody thought I was crazy. I like quit my job. I was making a million dollars a year, but I went to go do this thing that was like, you know, playing guitar. And now like, Mm -hmm. look what I'm doing. I'm like, feeding children in Africa. Uh. <laughs> but this is the part that I'm I'm interested in because I do hear that and people typically don't know how to communicate that. And this is why I do this work because people are, are generally, they'll tell their story and then it becomes this and then I realized moment. They say, and then I realized that I should be uh, yeah, feeding hungry people around the world instead of selling stocks. So I quit my job and went, okay. And then I realize is wholly uninteresting. We don't understand what's going on there. You say, and then I realized I can't find myself in that. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But but when you say, if I, if, if the, and then I realized is I listened to my intuition moment. What I'm interested to tell a good story. What happened? What conversation happened? What podcast were you listening to? What book did you read that sparked that for you? That opened that up? What coach were you listening to that 
helped you realize that moment, which then made you go and quit your job. Does that make sense? Like, does that, does that align with the work, again, the work that you're doing and how you see people make these shifts? You're creating the, I realized moment. Yes, absolutely. For them. And one that they can re-tap into on, on repeat. Like it becomes your, like you literally have the cell phone number of your intuition that you get to call (laughs) up and be like, yo, should I do this thing? (laughs) Well, and that's the great question because that's what people go to as well. How do you know? And how do you do it? How do you find that? How do you go? Like, do I have to go into a, a, you know, hot yoga every time or a sweat shack? Like, what do I, what do I have to go and do like (laughs) peyote to understand my intuition? I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different ways. (laughs) Sure. But you're saying actually it is easier than all of that. Oh my gosh. Not not easy. It's simpler. It's clearer than all of that. There is something internal rather than something external. Yep. And as you learn to listen to it, it becomes like flexing a muscle. Like when we work out, you know, your first bicep curl is like super hard. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you go to the gym every day and now you're curling 40 pounds, 50 pounds on repeat and know how to do it. It doesn't mean that it's still not work that you don't have to show up and do the thing, but Mm -hmm. now, you know, well, yeah, as somebody who, you know, I go in and obviously I'm lifting 50 pounds. Yeah, curling them. All day. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, but the idea of, of you right now, and this is where I want to explore your story a little bit, but you right now, Corey, showing up at this place where you are living by your intuitive ideas, desires, thoughts actions what does that make you do you you live in this way and you feel what how do you feel these days oh goodness energized sometimes a little scared to be honest i mean real truth when you listen to your intuition yes there's an ease and a flow which i think gets tossed around a lot there is an ease and a flow but sometimes it's actually fear but there's an element of peace with the fear if you can imagine that so we're we tend to feel so what is that how do you when you bring all that together fear peace energy flow what word magic i would bring fear and peace together what does that look like what, what word is that feeling fully empowered to and free there is a massive amount of freedom when you know that you're choosing from your own place, your own, you from your own intuition, from your own path, not influenced by what you should be doing, what society told you to do, but you're choosing from your purpose, from mm-hmm. which feels really freaking good. <laughs> it does. It feels really, really good. If you feel geez, like you're unshakable in so many ways, like you know that you can stand up against whatever hardships are going to come your way because even living your dream life it's not going to come with just sunshine and rainbows all day Mm -hmm. long as much as we all would like that there's going to be tough things and when you're when you're coming from that place and so connected to your intuition it allows you to walk with those those polarizing feelings of 
having disappointment, but yet being able to move forward and still feeling joy and excitement at yeah. the same time. So good. You hear all the words that you're saying here, right? Of how you feel right now, joy, excitement, freedom, um, un unshakable, uh, limitless. Yeah. All these things that, that you're feeling. And I love that word unshakable. I don't know if that's like, if there's, again, if there's one word that you would say, I, I, I walk into a room and, and when I show up, I want everyone to know, or if everyone needed to know how I'm feeling right now at this point in my life, as I'm stepping forward at this kind of coach, doing this kind of work and helping people in this way, I feel. You know what? I feel very much in integrity. And really, when you think of unshakable, that is the very much the same thing, which is coincidentally, every time I've done a core value exercise, integrity uh -huh. is in my top three core values. What does integrity mean? It means saying what you mean, doing what you say you're going to do. It means structurally you are unshakable. It means that you're a leader. It means that you say hard things when, even though people might not like what you have to say, because it's your truth, you show up fully in just who you are, knowing that's, you know, you're not necessarily going to be for everyone and that's okay. I think it's being able to communicate hard things to people with grace and ease in a way that takes into account to their, their feelings, but not just in a way that's going to tell them what they want to hear. You're going to tell them the truth in the nicest way. That's going to be yeah. impactful. I think it's also calling people up versus calling them out and being the kind of person that's like, here, I'll show you how walk with me. Hey, you want something for free? That's going to help you with your speaking. Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to. And I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So, you're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that helped me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve wracking presentation. So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website alexstreet.ca you can find it there or find the link on my bio in my instagram hurry though because this is only going to be available for a limited time how you're showing up right now as this person in integrity 
this is what you just described is the thing that so many people right now are listening and nodding and saying like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I want that. To be known as somebody like that, wouldn't that be a dream? Wouldn't that be incredible to have people stand up at the end of your life and say, this is the kind of person that, that they were? And I love what you said most specifically around this idea of like unshakable. You're right. We talk about, they talk about houses with like good integrity or like, you know, a frame that has like, it's, yeah, it's got good integrity, which means, yes, it is firm and and steady and will withhold what it withstand, whatever comes its way. And so it's not just showing up and being like, this is who I am, like it or hate it, doesn't matter, like I'm Kanye, what's up? Like that's, like sure, he's an integrity because he just shows up as this wacko, whatever. <laughs> Let's not make fun of Kanye. Um, but it's this, it's, there's this idea of like, I just show up as I am, that's me and integrity. But I think there's something that you stuck to there, which is no, it's actually just being firm enough to know that this is where I stand. This is who I am. And because of that, you can see this. You can be part of this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bend. I'm not gonna break based on what you think or which way the wind blows. And I can, I can teach you to do the same thing. So now I want to hear this. Where does this come from? This idea of integrity. Then this idea of of you showing up. Integrity is so important to you right now. Listening to your intuition because it's guiding you to this beautiful place of unshakability. But specifically, this idea of integrity, go way back and take us into like, where does it, why is that important? Where does that first show up for you? Who in your life did you look to as this example of integrity? Or was it not present and you were desperately searching for it? Where, what shows up first in your life? Let's take us back to our, our story coaching. It shows Let's up really back. when I found out that I was pregnant with my, with my daughter. And I actually, in a hindsight, believe that my intuition told me that this was something that was going to happen to me because prior to finding out that I was, was pregnant with her, I had run through a scenario in my head, like, oh, if that ever happened to me, this is how I would handle it. And fast forward, like, you know, a year or two later, when now I'm actually in the situation and I actually ran through many scenarios that I could do. And I had to stop myself and be like, wait. You decided if you were in this position, you'd be a certain way. And now that mm -hmm. you're here, you don't get to just conveniently change your mind because it's the easier path to take. And yeah, that is really, I think the first time that I was faced with like the adult decision of being an integrity and choosing the thing that was like actually the right thing for me, the right thing yeah. based on how I decided it would be for me if I was ever there. And so that was like, I think the biggest move I ever made was to choose to yeah. keep her and raise her on my own. Yeah. And how old were you? I was 20 years old. So this is what's interesting, right? So we and you you alluded to it so gently there and, and it sparked my interest. And I think that this is this is a key to storytelling is to say, where does this idea of integrity begin? And you took us to the moment that you put integrity to the test. That the moment that you decided that that was actually that for you was, I would say, probably like a climax to the story rather than where the story began. And, and again, what you alluded to is just a little bit of going back. You're like a couple years before that, I had thought about this scenario 
And so that's where I want to explore that a little bit. I want to know about Corey back then. What is like, again, so now we're 18, earlier 17. I don't know, maybe even earlier. What kind of person are you as a teenager that's that's thinking about, teenagers don't typically think about the future like that, to be honest. And yet here you are thinking through different scenarios of this like deeply interpersonal thing. Can you open your open that up a little bit? Like, who were you back then? What kind of environment was teaching you to think like that? Oh my goodness! I, <laughs> so I was, I think, in high school is really it was probably like my junior and senior year when I was thinking about those things. There was a few girls in high school that ended up pregnant in school, and I remember there was and there was different scenarios of how people handled it, and just I witnessed it and what they went through. And I played that scenario out in my head, but I was also, gosh, I was, I was bad in high school. I was like, <laughs> bad in meaning like, tell I, me about it. <laughs> I was un, like, I, no one could tell me what to do. I was not manageable. Uh -huh. I went to, like, I got very good grades, very, very good grades, but I basically went to school when I, when I wanted to, and I I didn't necessarily follow. I was like the classic, not fo like rule follower, but I also mm -hmm. was very charming and charismatic. So I was like the person that got away with breaking all of the rules. And so I didn't think they ever applied to me. And so I feel like the reason why that moment was a defining moment was because, yeah. and the reason I was playing out those scenarios, maybe, I mean, I think it was my intuition, but yeah. I don't know. Does that, I don't, that was not, that was oh, well, all right. Okay. So no, so here's what I heard. Right. And this is what's so we're again, talking about character development, who you are, let's really get to know you. Yeah. We can go back to the moment, but who were you before the moment? What makes that moment so significant? And you just clarified that so, so well there by taking us a little bit back further and saying like, well, yeah, I mean, I was not ultimately, I was not living in integrity. Like you were one person here, you could break the, you knew how far you could push the rules, how far you, and still get away with it because you're a good student. You could talk your way out of anything. You could do this and this and this. And so then when it came to this point of, oh, there isn't a way out of this. Like I can't talk my way out of this. There is a way, sure, there's a way out of this specific situation, a way out of the circumstance of pregnancy that I could deal with. But I have chosen, I made a word, I made a promise or a choice with myself that I would not go down that road. Therefore, there is no choice. Yeah. Pretty and much. for you to get to that moment and say that, no, I'm going to stick to this sounds different than the first 20 years of your life. Is that true? Oh, totally. <laughs> so that becomes a defining moment. That now shifts who the character is, who you are. Yeah, totally. To be this person who's going to say, well, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, even if it's hard. Absolutely. And uh, that was definitely, a <laughs> I mean, it really was, it was a defining moment for me. And I very much like remember wrestling with it. And it was just like, my gut at that point was like that you just, I did not have a choice, but to do that thing, or I knew I wouldn't be able to live mm -hmm. with myself. I also think that that was 
specifically why she, she came into my life was because it's mm. like those little taps when your intuition or the universe or God or source or whatever is like t trying to give you a lesson and you consistently don't pay attention to them. Then they have to put the big guns in front of you. So that is <laughs> what happened for me. I just give you an infant. <laughs> just give you a, give you a, a human. <laughs> Where did you start to learn this? That like, where did you start? When did you start to learn that I can, I can talk my way out of things, or I can I can do what I want to do? And you know what? I, like, how how early did you start to learn that this was? I think possible? it was when I was very little girl. Uh, I, I'm one of three, only girl, big age gap, and there was a lot of like, Oh, you're so cute. And so you would just turn on the the charm when the, you got the, you're so cute. And when you got in trouble, mm -hmm. you do the cute things and you got out of it. And I was, became really skilled at that. <laughs> An excellent skill to have. So <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. So, so you become this, yeah, I can get out of any situation. And then you can't and you face this thing and then you have your daughter and then how what how does the story develop past then 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 this is who you are like how do you deal with this well, you're single mom single mom single-handedly raised her both just like energetically and financially and when i had her i i remember when they put her on my stomach i was i experienced a feeling of love and gratitude really that was like nothing I'd ever felt before and immense responsibility and commitment and just something that was so much greater than me was mm. is what essentially became the guiding my like my north star for everything from that place forward is just knowing that the decisions that I was making were just no longer for me they were really for her and to make sure that she didn't necessarily have to experience the ramifications of like my decisions. And so I made a very strong commitment to make sure that she was raised and never really fully experienced what it might be like to be a child who's raised just in a single income, single parent mm -hmm. home. And how do you, okay, great decision. Oh, this is what it's going to be like. How do you make that happen? Uh, a lot of hustle. <laughs> a lot of hustle, a tremendous sacrifice along the way. And I mean, of course, my family, I'm very fortunate enough to have a family that is so supportive and completely yeah. helped me along the way in so many ways. Um, okay. And what kind of, so what kind of work that was, that was in, in fitness and like, or like take, oh take gosh, me through a bit so of the path jobs. that led you to this point. Yeah. I, when she was an infant, I was a nanny and a bartender mm -hmm. because those were the jobs that allowed me to take her with me during the day. And I could bartend while she was sleeping and she never noticed that I was gone. And I made very good money doing that until I felt like I couldn't do that anymore. And I ended up selling real estate for a mm -hmm. while, which was again, another job that was, you get to at least be the, say you're doing it or not doing it. Like I didn't have a boss telling me what to do and that, right. to get me wrong, plenty of hours required to sell real estate, but I also hated it. And I knew all along, which was part of, and I was raising her and a lot of the decisions I made was if I'm not happy, if I can't be happy doing it, 
there that passes along to your children, right? So that was also something I was very cognizant about is that if I'm absolutely miserable, that it's not going to do her any good. So I blew wow. that up and then was in fitness for many, many years. And that was truly what I had intended to do with my with my life and career prior to prior to having her. I was studying nutrition and food science. So I dove into fitness full time for geez, 11 years. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So what was that? What was the interest in that? When you first started, got into that, you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do out of high school is fitness and nutrition. I, well, <laughs> it was actually, I started out as an art major. So funny, funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I loved working out and I loved the feeling that I got working out and knowing that you put effort in and see results back. And I also learned that it wasn't just a physical manifestation of your, of your efforts. There was a very integral piece of your mindset that was really your body is just a, an extension of what your mindset actually is. Again, like this, I just love hearing this gold come out because it's like, it's again, all in this idea of integrity, being somebody who for, for a long time was living, like you can essentially do what you want and, and, and it'll turn out. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's too simple, <laughs> too simplified. <laughs> Well, I mean, sim simplification is, uh, is there's so much power in that. And that's really the truth of what was going on. Yeah. And then you're like, well, no, I love working out. I love doing this because what you put in is what you get out. Yes. And, and then you get this moment where your daughter is put on, put on your stomach and all of it comes to fruition and you see that, oh, like this is the decision I made and I'm sticking with it. And since I'm sticking with this, what's required of me is a whole new level of what I'm capable of. I will make this work. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> you nailed it. To become, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then you keep going. And now, of, so of course, like, right. So you've got this moment. And then of course, now you're showing up as this person who's bringing all of this together and is saying, well, look. After all this time, what I've learned, what's what's key through this entire story is that when I put something in, I like I will get out of what I put into this life. And when I listen to what's right, when I decide what's right and I listen to it and I do that thing, that's when the best rewards come for me. And so what if I could teach others to do that as well? Yeah. I mean, that's, it's so, so there's a piece of it that's actually selfish because I get so much out of teaching people how to listen and how to like create this for themselves. But I also believe mm -hmm. that it truly creates the ripple effect because if everyone can embody this, I mean, I truly believe the world would be a different place. Okay. So, so teach us a little bit here. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to land the plane here a little bit, but I, I want you to, to, open us up a little bit to what that looks like. So if if we're over here and we are kind of reacting right to what's happening around me and can I can I shift what can I do to make this work? What can I do to make this work? What can I say or do to 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 force this to happen? This business, this idea, whatever it is, this relationship. And you want to teach us how to be more open to give it like What's your intuition saying? 
And who are you really? How can you just merely stand in integrity and let that be enough to guide you forward? What's keeping us? Well, I mean, if we're trying to force anything, then that is definitely a sign to just start paying attention, right? If, if you're feeling that grip of actually having to force, force the sale, force the business, force yourself to show up. Mm -hmm. And we'll take that with a grain of salt because hard things require you to like, oh, to show up because it's some days you're going to have to do that. But I'm talking about the like, literally having to ignore the signs within your body that are telling you that you're forcing it, which is like tension in your shoulders. It's like, oh, mm. in your gut, it's the headache. It's the stomach feeling upset and not the, like the nervous excitement, little butterflies kind of thing. Your body starts giving you signs. So when you're getting those signs is to actually start to receive them, which takes awareness mm. and practice. And the piece that is before that is typically before you even get those bodily type of sensations, there's external things happening in your environment that make you think something, which is then trying to catch the thought that makes the feeling. So, okay. So something happens externally, mm -hmm. which then makes me think something. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel something. Mm -hmm. And then makes you act in a certain way. And then the whole circle starts to continuously go. And so at some point along the way, you break that rhythm. We have to learn how to, how to stop that, how to stop the, yeah, right. that rhythm from going. So there has to be a willingness to, to want to pay attention. So, okay. So you, at this point, let's go back to your story. Again, there's something that happens that breaks the rhythm and that breaks the routine. Yeah. I mean, when we're not, when we're not paying attention, eventually you'll get a thing like, you know, finding out you're pregnant, like yeah, you're 20. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that was the right. thing that was like the massive pattern interrupt, but I had multiple opportunities prior to that, that would let you know that you're acting out of integrity and not listening to, to your intuition. Right. So my yeah. particular situation was the result of being in a relationship that I needed to get out of. And what was going to be the thing mm -hmm. that was going to make me get out of this relationship. So, and I was miserable. I like hated my life. I think I was like carrying around extra weight. There was like all these things that are happening. So you have to start to examine what's going on in your life and how many times you like ignore your intuition to the extent of whatever it happens to be the thing that you're forcing. So I'm trying to figure out what it's again. I know I remember doing this work with you. Yeah, I was, it was over a year ago, I guess when we first dove in um, and it, the word reacting was in there. Yeah. Um, but it, it feels like there's something about, um, again, yeah, it's force. It's it's almost like, yeah, yeah, again, back here, it's, it, whether it's force or it's like, it's, it's like, it, you're simply, you were this person who, who was simply like controlling yeah. your circumstances and, or trying to. Then you face something out of your control and you decide to like holy and you decide to say, well, I'm going to be a person who lives by integrity and ultimately now showing up as this person who let's just, it's open-handed. It's I'm not in control, but I do get to choose. 
Yeah, you get to choose to listen to to your intuition, which is constantly giving you messages when we learn to turn the volume up on it. And sometimes it's the volumes all the way up. We just have other things playing in conjunction. It's like this like vibrational bottleneck is, is something I like to call it. So like there's music playing over here really loud, but then you decide to put on like conflicting music and like your logical brain is trying to control the thing and you turn the volume up and you think you can, you can out, mm. um, you can like overbear your intuition, but you really can't, you can't do that. You, Cause eventually you're going to be faced with m- a multitude of different things. If you continuously yeah. Yeah. ignore I, so it's just such a beautiful thing and it is a beautiful story to help you, which is, which is ultimately, I think the human story that you're helping people discover that you, that you have, uh, opened us up to in your story is going from this person who wants to essentially control your circumstances, control your external world to someone who is showing up in integrity and listening to intuition. Uh, it's a totally different, tra- it's, that's a transformation. And, and as we look at you and we are now like, wow, there's something in that. There's something about how you show up today. If I could live by that, again, this, this definition of integrity, if I could be known for that, wouldn't that be something? But I don't feel like I'm there right now. So if somebody is feeling like they are so desperately trying to control the circumstances around them, they know that there's a better way. You've just taught us about what that actually is and looks like, and they would want that. Well, then you're the person to help guide them there. So how do they connect with you? Let's go there. How would they connect with you? If they want, they want this place. They want to live in with integrity. They want to live with this intuitive leading. Oh, what's the best way to get the conversation started? You know, on the gram, it's so easy to find me. It's Corey Phelps with an underscore at the end. I spend lots of times in the DM. So shoot me, shoot me a DM. Say hi. Just say hi. Just say hi. That's it. Just follow your intuition. Go say hi. Yeah, if you're feeling the the pull, the call, this is your first opportunity to practice listening to your intuition. Just come say hi. So good. And then you'll take it away. All right. Well, you have opened us up to a phenomenal story here. It's really just like just a little bit that you gave us here, but it is enough to let us see that arc and see how you've changed in the transformation that you've experienced and how you are inviting others to experience the same thing. So thank you so much for this time, Corey. Is there anything that you want to leave us with as we consider uh, living through our own stories in this moment? Oh, you know, your story is always inspiring someone else. And so I feel like just knowing that little piece is something that can really give you that spark to wake up every morning and do your thing. So remember that your your story is magic. Mm. Your story is magic. I love it. All right. Thank you, Corey. This has been uh, an absolute pleasure. And I'm so excited for uh, people to hear this and start to follow their own intuition. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So grateful to have spent this time with you. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.